Gage, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How about you? Pretty good, man. So I didn't even plan on bringing you on, honestly, ever. Nothing against you, but then you told <laughs> me some stuff that we'll get to in a second. After the season went, a little disappointed, but I mean, hats off to a great Cincy team. I'm and it's kind of hard to win a lot when you have so many great young quarterbacks in the same conference. Yeah. Um, not including that running back in Baltimore. No, I'm kidding. I wanted to make that joke. I'm a little salty. <laughs> um, so kind of the idea was, and I spoke with you, to run down the season, but not a full-on 30-minute detail, like a quick one-two comment about each game and get to where we are now. So I'll start off, you piggyback, and we'll kind of take it from there. Like I said, kind of an ESPN first pick kind of thing. If you want to argue, you can argue. If you agree, say what you want there. Like, obviously, week one, games at Arrowhead again. Horrible for most of that game until the second half. They weren't great, but they made some stops and completely shook up Baker Mayfield, which turns out that wasn't hard this year. But in week one, it looks nice, and the offense had their swagger, and that was great. I felt like, okay, maybe Mahomes' 20-0 prediction was might be spot on. What do you think of a week one win? It was good, collectively. It came out right off the bat, you know, as expected. Everybody had high hopes for the season, like you said. Prediction is going undefeated. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, we could do it. So it turned yeah, out pretty good. And and then and week two comes up, and it's actually starting pretty well. Defense is getting some turnovers. And I've always said, and this is nothing to take away from the teams that did beat the Chiefs. Like, the teams that did beat the Chiefs were pretty good teams. Like, and even with Baltimore, who missed the playoffs, they were they were a good team. They dealt with a lot of adversity. They had a lot of injuries. They just kind of phased out and gassed out with what they were dealing with at the end there. So, But week two comes. It's feeling pretty good. And... Then Clyde Edwards Lair fumbles, and that's the definition of beating yourself. Yes, obviously, Ravens made good plays. Mahomes had some Brett Favre like interceptions and uh, couldn't really capitalize, but they were in it for the most part until Ravens made a or Clyde couldn't hang on to the ball. Yeah, you're not wrong there. That one, that one was definitely the turning point. Mm-hmm. Definitely had everybody in question. Yeah, and. Week three was no different. Like, don't beat yourself and you're fine. And they still almost won. With, uh, losing the turnover battle, minus four. Chargers had no turnovers. Chiefs four. And it was the same thing. It, it, there was no, it was like, oh, well, Chiefs are out of sorts. The Tampa Bay destroyed their confidence, which um, maybe they did at some point. Maybe it was the Jackson, Mahomes, and Brittany stuff, which that didn't really come into effect till a few weeks later. But I'm not going to credit that. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I thought it was pretty cool that the only reason people hated Mahomes and the Chiefs would be because of people directly or indirectly related to the team. And I wouldn't even say that. That's putting it nicely. Well, that you got to include the jealous factor of the success of not only Mahomes but the uh, the Chiefs in general. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I I told my buddy who's a Steelers fan. I was like, dude, I kind of understand how you felt the past your your whole life with the. Uh, Steelers and their six Lombardis and now Mahomes possibly creating a um, more of a centerpiece in the NFL for at least the next one to two decades to come. But 
I don't really want to talk about that Chargers game. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not going to go to every single game unless there's something you want to bring up. And if that's the case, jump in at any time. Yeah. Um, I like how the offense, I always – actually, let me back up for a second. I always like to quote the longest yard with Adam Sandler. And he was talking to the warden about how, um, well, you need a tune-up game. And the warden didn't know what that meant. He's like, "Yeah, tune-up game. When you're in college, you face a slack division two, a slack division two team, kick the living crap out of them. I'm sure Alabama took that from Adam Sandler. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, but uh, get the confidence up. And I'm like, okay, they face the Eagles. That could be a good confidence game. Nothing against the Eagles. They got a decent roster. They, I like what Jalen Hurts has got going on. But in week four, I had confidence in the Chiefs. The offense looked great. Defense had a few stops, but." They gave up thirty points to a, essentially a first year starter. Yeah, that's that. that now you also have to look at the side too of that's where the defense was coming in, trying to still figure everything out. Start of the season. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it, it wasn't to annoy. It wasn't to like discredit the defense. I mean, even the Almighty Patriots always started off slow in their twenty years of dominance. And yeah. You know, I got to say, I respect what the Patriots did. I'm actually a fan of Belichick and Brady. I'm trying to – the more whoa, I get whoa, into this whoa, podcast, now. What? Okay, well, the more <laughs> I get into this podcast game, I'm trying not to hate as much. I'm, I'm going to make my jokes. I'm going to make my jokes. But okay. uh, what I don't like what they've done in the 20 years is they've ruined the respect factors or the opinions of great teams over the years and all of sports, like – if you didn't do what Jordan did in the '90s or what Brady and Belichick did for 20 years, you're not good. So yep. we're gonna discredit Peyton Manning and the Colts, or so far Mahomes and the Chiefs, because they didn't win seven Super Bowls in six months. I mean, <laughs> it's it's, and that's not the true football fans. They're the true analysts. Like it's the casuals, and then just the haters in general. And I hate saying yeah. haters. Which but I mean, how how else can you put that though? At the same time. Yeah, like it. I, I like I said, I respect what the Patriots and Jordan did, but I also can't stand it because they ruined the outlook on some stuff. But anyways, after they face Philly, they're facing the Bills Week Five Sunday night. Okay, the game's not gonna be easy. The Bills are great. Josh Allen is a true gunslinger. Not that Mahomes isn't, but just the way that he kind of throws the ball, especially in uh, not likable conditions when it comes to weather. And that game, I'd say that's the one game Chiefs fair and square lost because the other yeah. – or well, that game and the Titans game we'll get to in a second because they didn't just beat themselves. They got beat single-handedly, and it happens. It happens to everybody. And then they're facing Washington. That's where the tune-up game I kept saying, like, okay, let's do this tune-up, tune-up. They're facing Washington. Not a bad team, but not a good team either, so tune-up. And it was a tune-up in the second half. Mahomes looked like Mahomes again, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say the same thing after seeing that game against Washington? Hey, Mahomes is Mahomes again. The defense looks like they're in tune now. Let's go. I mean, yeah. There's, I mean, you look at the stats and threw for 397 yards. It was the highest of the season going in so far. Um, everything was looking good. It really was. And like you said, everybody was looking into that game going into that week. It was supposed to be a tune-up. All right, let's get back on track, you know, find the team that we know we can be mm -hmm. and just roll with it. And then the next week, which we don't even have a talk about, the one highlight I can bring from it was a Willie Gay interception when Chris Jones 
was finally moved back to the inside. Obviously, it was probably one of the most horrendous games I've ever seen from the Chiefs in exactly 10 years. 27-3 to the Titans. Yeah, that was was ugly. When I mean exactly 10 years, I mean almost exactly by maybe 10 years in a month because I remember in the 2011 season, I don't know if you remember this, that season was so up and down. Not it wasn't even fun. It wasn't a horrible season, at least for the Chiefs back then. I mean, they were seven and nine, but they were one game away from the playoffs. But the first two games, blown out by the Bills, forty-eight to three. Next week by the Lions, I think it was forty-one to seven or something like that. So it was the. Uh, I was like, I did not want to sit through this again. Yeah, and unfortunately, I did. I don't know why. Something told me, oh, maybe something can go. Nothing came of it. So I was like, you know what? Back to it. Tune-up game, New York Giants on Monday Night Football. Wasn't pretty at all, but, I mean, a win's a win. And I don't know if you ever remember this. A um, bit of a backstory. We did have an apartment together for a bit there. Yeah. And I told you, I was, you know, I love it when NFL teams play small ball, kind of like Alex Smith or Tom Brady over the years. Obviously, one's an outlier. One is kind of the standard to look at. Um, Tom Brady, obviously, the outlier. Alex Smith was kind of the standard to look at, like, hey, there's nothing wrong with checking it down or the screen game as long as it's well executed. And the Chiefs finally went to that facing the Giants. And they won the game. Offense wasn't explosive, but they won. Did any of that small ball talk I always kind of preached to you kind of resonated all throughout the season? Yeah, it was. It actually played a big part in this season because when you look at it, Mahomes couldn't really, I mean, coming out of the gate, he couldn't really do much. Everybody was playing him cover too deep and he wasn't allowed to play the big ball get that big play every time going down the field like he mentioned several times this season that he liked and because of that he even admitted that it bored him but it came down to the factor of okay teams are going to shut us down on the big play so now we have to start taking underneath stuff check downs little out routes whatever you could get in order to be able to move that ball down the field and still pick up those first downs and produce yeah, I was going to say, uh, as much as I hated that Super Bowl and how much of a nightmare it was, um, Tampa Bay might have saved Mahomes from uh, a – I'm not exactly sure how to word it, but save Mahomes' career in a sense from just slinging it and coming up with 50-50 balls and looking like another Brett Favre. No offense to Brett Favre, but he's a reason. He held the record so long for touchdowns, but also holds the record most interceptions and I think Tampa kind of saved him from that um, so he's learned to be more patient and he did pretty well I'd say exceeding well I'd say it was his best season yet minus some of the unlucky interceptions and even compared to his first year with the 50 touchdowns 5,000 yards but anyways I know you follow Nick Wright on Twitter and you <laughs> watch first things first by the way I love first things first the oh, combos yeah. between Nick Wright, Kevin Wilds, Chris Broussard, <laughs> so funny. And even Kevin Wilds, when he's, like, dissing on the Chiefs a little bit, it's kind of amusing. Frustrating and makes me roll my eyes, but it's amusing at the same time. Um, from a Chiefs fan perspective, obviously. Yeah. Um, but Nick Wright hit it, on, hit it on the head when he said the throw heard around the world with Mahomes to Hill. I shouldn't say throw heard around the world, but he hit it on the head, and that's where that kind of got going again. Yeah. And before that, it was supposed to be Rodgers versus Mahomes. Obviously, the COVID stuff happened. But Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show that week, I don't know if you heard this, 
I, I think I might have. I think it uh, I don't remember it exactly. It was something along the lines where everybody has their slump. Yeah. But you don't ever see them it go out that long. Yeah, it, it, he said it sometimes it takes one play to get you into a slump, and it takes one play to get you out of it, and it looks like it did. Going into the next week, Raiders are one of those franchises I hate, but I have a little bit of respect for for coming into the history. Sorry, I can't talk from a historical factor, but seeing them get pounded on Sunday Night Football by the Chiefs with all the talk, Raiders could win the West, Chargers could win the West, and Chiefs just come out and absolutely dominate and completely fuzzle the Raiders. Like they're out of sorts, they're discombobulated. It was yeah. one of the best executed games I've seen from Mahomes and the entire team. It was one of those games where I thought, hey, Byron Pringle can finally solidify himself as maybe a wide receiver two slash wide receiver three option in the future, which I'll get into that at the end of this. Um, but that was as perfect as perfect as can be, and I figured you would think the same. Oh, yeah, I mean – that was that was a great game because after that game, I mean, it basically took the league by storm. You know, hey, they're back. This is the Chiefs that we remember watching the last three years prior. And so, it, you know, made everybody step back and be like, okay, you know, Mahomes put up 406 yards that game because he had 119. I mean, yeah. they looked amazing that game. Like, yeah. It was one of those where everybody was like, oh, snap, like, they're going to be back, and it was just, just that game. That was a four-weave. That was, what, three games into the 8-0 run? Yeah. So, it was that was that was a huge game. For... And, they, and they even had a couple mistakes there. Like, Mahomes had a couple balls where he, they were just kind of selling over somebody's head, and then Mike Hughes fumble, which he's a guy I'd rather not be on the team. No offense to him as a person, but as a player, he does not need to be on the team. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I can I can agree with that too. Yeah, and but they're like, nope, we don't care. We'll we'll make mistakes, but we're going to capitalize on it five times as much. And the next week, I would against the Cowboys. I'm sure you love this game even more than most because <laughs> they beat the Cowboys. I don't have a problem with the Cowboys, but you do. So I'm sure you love seeing the defense just rattle Dak Prescott. And as much as you want to make jokes about Dak Prescott, he is a solid starter. They have a solid offense. Yes, Amari Cooper was out. Zeke is not what he used to be, but they had C.D. Lamb, and the Chiefs' defense just said, we don't care, we're going to shut you down no matter what. Offense wasn't great, but Micah Parsons was having a heck of a day, so he was kind of hard to stop no matter what offensive line you have. He was just all over the field. I had, he had no... a stellar year all around, though, too. You what? You say he had a stellar round all around, stellar year all around, too. Yeah, for sure. And so I was like, you know what? Nothing to take discredit for. Uh, nothing to hang your head about. It's week 11. They're looking good. They're going into the bye on Thanksgiving. Um, they're looking good. And two weeks later, facing the Broncos, Sunday Night Football, the game was flexed for Seahawks 49ers. And no offense to my Chiefs, I thought that game shouldn't have been flexed because Seahawks and 49ers was a more entertaining game. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, I mean, I can see my team win on primetime. Nothing better than that. Um I thought it was going to be pretty close just because Denver always plays us hard. I know we're on a nice little winning streak against them, 13. Um, but they always play us hard. Like, oh, yeah. Chargers and the Raiders, I feel like there's more blowouts between those three teams than 
Chiefs and Broncos just because of how close they are and how many Broncos fans you see in Kansas and Missouri or how many Chiefs fans you see in Colorado. It's like, it's kind of like the teams know that. So they try to just break their hearts every time they play. Yeah. That's the Denver games every year, both games, you always get everybody's best. I've never understood it, but at the same time, I'm never going to complain because there's nothing more exciting than those close nerve wracking games. Yeah. It's a it's a rivalry game, and everybody tried to say like I was talking to somebody, and I wasn't trying to discredit their um, credibility, but um, when somebody says, "Oh, Patriots beat the Chargers," because they're trying to tell me Patriots are better than Chiefs at one point, which I, maybe at some point in the season that you could have considered that, but um, they said, "Oh, Patriots crushed the Chargers, but Chiefs couldn't crush the Chargers." I was like, "Well, it's a rivalry game, and it's not like the Chargers are." absolute crap and the Chiefs are undefeated. A rivalry game is always going to be hard, especially on prime time. But that's I'm getting ahead of myself there. I just it's a point it's something I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you've ever heard that argument. Well this team beat your rival and you struggled against your rival. I was like, well yeah, it's a rival. <laughs> You're <laughs> not wrong. I, I, I hate that argument. It's one yeah. of my biggest pet peeves ever. And maybe it's because it's the Chiefs, but I'll say that about any rivalry like Rivalry games are tough. It's because you build up your team to beat your rival to get ahead in the division, at least. Everyone yeah. else, it's head or miss. But anyways, after we face Denver, it's another blowout in KC against the Raiders. 89-23 to 23 this year, I think we outscored them. Yeah, it was we, we blew them out this season. Yeah, and it's kind of a, the thing with Derek Carr. Solid starter. Good dude. But anytime you put pressure on him, he folds. And hey, we'll take it. Forty-eight to nine. You don't celebrate on an opposing team's logo. Like, if I ever saw the Chiefs do that, I'd be livid. Like, okay, this game's over. I'm not even gonna watch this game because you celebrated on their logo. I mean, I would love to look up the record of that, and I wish I would on what the record is for the opposing team dancing on the home team's logo or stomping on it. I, I just want to know what that record is. The only one that's successful with that was T.O. when he was in Dallas. Or, no, uh, San Francisco against Dallas. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that was he, he did that, was... what, twice that game? Yeah, it turned into a UFC fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next week, that Chargers game I was talking about in prime time, Thursday night football, to essentially win the West. Yeah. I don't have that much was, to say. That was a thriller. Man, it, that was a thriller. I don't have much to say about that game. But my, one of my first thoughts was I want to see Herbert in the playoffs just because how much battle-tested the Chiefs would be if they win and how how great it would be. Because I don't know if you've heard this term before. I saw somebody say it. I wish I would have seen the Chargers make the playoffs instead of the Steelers. No one wants to see Big Ben just lofting it out there. I want to see Justin Herbert chucking up piss missiles on 4th and 25. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, going off that Raiders-Chargers game, uh from what I read, they the, the Raiders, they were looking to go in and tie that game. And it wasn't until the Chargers called that timeout. And then they were like, well, you know what? Screw it. Let's go. And yeah, somebody – I think – Fortunately, uh, it played out the way it did. I'm pretty sure it was Max Crosby who went up to Austin Eckler after the game. He was like, hey, we were trying to kneel it out. And Austin Eckler was like, are you kidding me? We just lost this because of a timeout. Like, everyone wants to argue a coin flip. The Chargers lost literally because of a timeout. <laughs> yeah, literally, and I and I can agree with you on the whole 
or whoever what like the not seeing Big Ben there. I think Big Ben like they should have went ahead and just said screw it, tie the game. Big Ben gets to end out on top. His season doesn't come down to ending or his career doesn't come down to ending losing to Mahomes like he did. Well, which I mean, was unfortunate for him, but I was being kind of petty with that when they did win. I was like, hey, I don't care about revenge, but this is kind of nice after that uh, Eric Fisher hold game five years ago. <laughs> it, respect to Big Ben. He's a gamer, but <laughs> I, it was nice to send him out like that. Yeah. It, it made me feel a bit better. Ever since Mahomes has come to town, we've gotten some revenge wins over the years. Like, hey, you bullied us when we had Trent Green or Alex Smith. It's not happening with Mahomes. No offense to Trent or Alex, but anyways, speaking of Big Ben and the Steelers, we face the Steelers next week. And I always told you, because I'm a Kansas State fan, I'm a homer. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it right now, when it comes to Kansas State, I'm a homer. Byron Pringle, was that like his, hey, maybe this dude can be a week two, a, a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, depending on what happens in the offseason for the Chiefs. Like, I, there's not much to say about the game besides Byron Pringle having his two tutties. Yeah, that was, that was definitely his head-turning game right there. That was when everybody started considering him over Hardman. And granted, you taking the – consideration that Hardman had an up and down first half of the season, but he started stepping up his game there at that halfway point. But Pringle, he, he went off that game and you had to give it to him at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Pringle and Hardman. I, I, I would like to see them still on the team with Hill, Kelsey. I'm excited to see Jody Fortson come back. Um, Noah Gray. I don't want to see Demarcus Robinson in a Chiefs uniform ever again. Hey, I don't think he will be. If he goes to play football somewhere else and does well, props to you. But as in the Chiefs, no, let's let's not do that ever again. Yeah. Um, anyways, next week, this is where I kind of – Chiefs-Bengals, no, not the game from yesterday, week 17. Yeah. Um, you still a little hurt there, buddy? You want to take a break? <laughs> no, that – it was that last drive, that last drive that they got that field goal. I, I don't know. It just seemed like the refs were just – and I hate to be the person that's like, oh, well, the refs this, the refs that, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, are you but, talking about AFC Championship or Week 17 or a little bit of both? 17. Okay. No, if we go into the last nice game, that game, we did not deserve to win that game. But back to Week 17, I mean, you, you take in that last drive where they went and won the game with the field goal, like, it was what? four or five plays in a row it was a flag of some sort yeah and I'll be honest with you I'm not disagreeing with you on the refs thing like I'm tired of sports leagues especially specifically the NFL and MLB um NBA is not as bad but I don't watch it enough I scoreboard watch and I read a lot of reports for my show I love the NBA I love basketball but I just don't watch it enough on a night-to-night basis or week-to-week basis like baseball or football but what I, I'm tired of is seeing the refs or the umpires take their put their hand in the game like, hey, we're here too. Let's let's make a statement. No, just do your job. And I'm not going to say the Chiefs lost because of the refs. They the no. most of their losses this year, four or five of them, were because they beat themselves solely. No offense to the Bengals in this game. Great team. Mm-hmm. I love Joe Burrow. I am surprised they're in the Super Bowl with that offensive line. Um, yeah. I know I don't like Colin Hurd, but he had a good point. I I know I hear the huff. I'm sorry, but he had a good point saying you don't go to the World Series with a bad bullpen, just like you don't go to the Super Bowl with the bad offensive line, and they're in the Super Bowl, so it's impressive. But anyways, back to Week 17. 
Chiefs got so conservative in the second half. They're either going for the long ball or they're going for just the run, but they're either getting too conservative or too cute. And you take a look back and to go off of that too, them playing conservative in the second half, they had a bad problem with that this year. Yeah. And I don't know if that's an EB thing, if that's an Andy Reid thing, or (laughs) what it is. EB, Airbnb, that guy. Yes, we we can get on that later. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to let you take the reins on that one. Um, but uh, no, like you can't. You, it doesn't matter the size of your lead when you go into half. You cannot come back out of halftime expecting to be able to play the rest of the game conservative. And and, and that's just my opinion. Everybody's going to be different, but that's you have fun. To you can play conservative, but execute. And I think the Chiefs were trying to play conservative. They just didn't execute. And I, and I can agree with that too. But I mean, you have to take into consideration too. I mean that team's down going into halftime. So they have that whole 15-minute period mm-hmm. in that locker room to get themselves amped back up. And not even that, but just being down and knowing what's on the line that made in the season, they're going to come out more amped up with more fire under them to outperform you. They're going to do everything they can at that point to stop you because they only have two minutes or two quarters left. Exactly. Um, again, I th- – I, I, like you said, that just sums up my, that our, our conversation. Chiefs beat themselves. Like, yeah, since he capitalized, but it's hard to cap. It's easy to capitalize if you only put up three points in the second half. That's yeah, on the Chiefs. That's not on. I'm, I was listening to Jim Rome today. He's one of my favorites. You remember me talking about him all the time. Yeah. He was asked about the game. He said, "Did the did the Bengals win yesterday, or did the Chiefs lose?" And his answer was, "Yes, both an- both answers are possible." Yep. <laughs> Moving on to Week 18. Denver, our old friend, hard game. I honestly texted my buddy or my cousin, actually, who's a Broncos fan, and I said, "Hey, can you guys stop play- playing spoiler? I'm <laughs> your season's over. Like, okay, put up Just some points. Stop, stop playing spoiler. Like, we were in the playoffs, but I oh, didn't yeah. like our chances as a four seed, just the way the season was going. Yeah, and I believe in Mahomes, just like I'm sure Patriots fan believes in Brady all those years. Not that I'm comparing the two. But I'm sure Patriots fan has some moments where uh, I don't know if I like Brady in this situation. Um, don't know what to think here. And anyways, only thing I take away from that game is Melvin Ingram and Nick Bolton yep. and even Willie Gay turned this season around defensively. And I absolutely thank them for that. And I think all three are on the team. That, well, obviously Bolton and Gay. I think yeah, they're going to be on the team next year. I see them keeping Ingram for a year just to see how he performs next year and go off of the, go from there. A full season because I, th- I know he's had some injury issues and um, his uh, price tag as well. Um, yeah. Anyways, into the wild card. <laughs> Five touchdowns in 10 minutes. I mean, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. I, I We could just say Pringle got another touchdown. Kelsey obviously went off. Hill went off. He also tested out his career as a cheerleader in the next life. That was cool to see. <laughs> Only cost him 2000 in the end, but. I'm just making jokes. I'm, I'm so <laughs> mad about that 2016 um, divisional round playoff. That's why I'm just making jokes. Like, I don't even want to take it seriously. Like, ah, Larry Kill's a cheerleader. Big Ben's out. Sorry. Don't forget your walker. Yeah. Like, and it's not to disrespect Big Ben. I'm just salty about how. Every time I went to school or every time I went to work the next day, like, uh-huh, loser Chiefs fan, y'all suck. Yeah. Root for a real team. Eh, what do you got to say now? Well, 
they have a lot to say now, but you get my point. Yeah. Um. Oh well, their teams uh, were eliminated in week ten, so. <laughs> it's all I. It's all I have to make myself happy today. It's from a sports fan perspective, but. Um. Anyways, next week's against Buffalo. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I I was nervous going in that game. I I, I didn't want to be the fan that was like, oh yeah, we're this game. Like, go ahead, put us in next week because that the Bills ever since. Mahomes and I, as ever since Mahomes became the starter, it was a close game every time. Yeah, and I have no disrespect to, to Allen whatsoever. Hell of a quarterback, hell of a guy. Like, but those games, something about those Bills and not only Josh Allen, but the defense. It's oh man, it's scary. Yeah. Um... That that defense scared me. And seeing what Mahomes did in that game, I was like, all right, Bengals are a real team. And if their defense is not good. Their O-line is not good. Chris Jones, there's a nugget here with Chris Jones. Zero sacks in the playoffs throughout his career. But yep. that's bad. But if you watch him snap to snap, can we look at his quarterback pressures? Because I'm pretty sure that's godlike. Because he's oh, yeah. getting through the line in a matter of milliseconds. Yep. He's just the that sack yesterday against Burrow and before I go and I'm gonna go back to Buffalo in the divisional round. Um, but that sack against Burrow yesterday when he had him in the pocket, he had him by the horse collar. He let go for a second yeah. because he thought he had him like right after that, and Burrow's just like, Oh, you let me go? Okay. Burrow and Allen have so much escapability um talent, like I'm not even mad at Chris Jones. Like that's the least amount of bad complaints in that game. But anyways uh, uh... I'm gonna I'm touch on that tackle because I mean when that happened I was I was I was furious. Well, you can't you can't expect to take a quarterback down who has great mobility like Burrow, for instance. Well, and I expect think, him to just crumble. You can't. Well, I think his thought. Well, okay, we'll get back to it in a second. Back to Buffalo. Um, I had no doubt in my mind that Mahomes was going to make it interesting with 13 seconds to go. If yeah. you get it to the greatest defensive mind of all time with 40 seconds and one timeout three years ago, I'm like, yeah, I'm not counting them out yet. Yeah, there's 13 seconds, but there's three timeouts. And the Bills played prevent defense after a timeout. Tyree Kill, uh, 20 yards, 25 yards. And then they're about to run again. Um, Buffalo, timeout. Goes into Tampa 2 coverage, which is another form of prevent. Um, just a bit more... They have their corners and safeties up a bit more. Yeah. Um, but not as much of a cushion, but it's still another form of prevent. And Kelsey, seam route, first down. Um, hearing Jim Nance yelling, oh, my goodness, made me happy cry. Because he was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, I got a chance. Oh, my God, we do. Um, that was a fake cry. That sounded horrible. But um, Harrison Butker, butt kicker, I don't care what anyone says, I second best kicker in the league. Um. And, yeah, he had a bad game, but he bounced back. But in my mind, and I was two for this game. I don't even think you were born yet. And my mind throughout the whole game was Lynn Elliott, Lynn Elliott, Lynn Elliott. I feel safe saying that because the season's over now. <laughs> you know the Lynn Elliott thing, right? I'm um, honestly not sure. Okay, you weren't born yet, so we're not going to discredit you. But <laughs> um, Lynn Elliott was a kicker for the Chiefs 
when we had Derek Thomas. Um, this was right after Montana, a couple years after Montana. I think it was the 96 season. Is that when he missed the four field goals? Colts in the divisional round. Lynn Elliott missed four kicks. The yeah. final score was 10 to 7. I actually just heard about that the other night on a podcast I was listening in on. Uh, was, Arrowhead Attic? No, it was actually a Chiefs Focus. I've, I've been big on them. I'm actually supposed to start writing articles uh, for them. But, um, no, they had a they had a guy from Canada who works for uh, CBS, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, he became a Chiefs fan when he was 13, and he told the story, and he was the reason why he became a Chiefs fan. He said he remembered reading an article on how he missed those four kicks, and he was like, you know what? That's going to be my team. That's a bold statement. Yeah. No, I'm going to make a joke about the Chiefs of the old. Wow, I'm watching football now, and I just watched this team in red with the KCs on the side and that little triangle or arrowhead or whatever that is blow a playoff game again. That's my team. That's a, that's, that's, that's a bold statement. I, no disrespect to my Chiefs, but just the way I, I was brought up was like, that's his team after that. Okay, well, we'll take you. Welcome to the Chiefs kingdom, but we'll take it's you. Like, it's like rooting for the Browns right there. Dog pound. <laughs> Anyways, the Grim Reaper thing, I don't mind the nickname, but can we retire that for at least yeah, that, Yes. ASAP. Um, um, no, not ASAP. I mean, he could still be the Grim Reaper. Things do look grim in the Chiefs. And if he comes back as and wins the Super Bowl, I mean, that's a Grim Reaper thing right there. Like, everyone's counting out the Chiefs next year already because oh, you're going to lose people. You're going to lose Tyron Matthews. Anyways, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> Fast forward to the AFC Championship. Man, yesterday I didn't cry. Happen. Yes, no, yesterday didn't happen. It was the Pro Bowl, right? The conference championships are this weekend, and yeah, then the Super Bowl. yeah, yeah, it was right. just, yeah, right. it, that's all it was. It was just a dream, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> hey, you know what? Now we sound like Tom Brady. I was watching his Manny in the Arena doc documentary, he was talking about that 2007 season, yeah, which. Um, 18 and 0 could be 18 and 1. They lose the Eli Manning and the Giants, just shows how hard it is to win in the NFL. Um, so I'm not discrediting the Chiefs about what they've done the past four years, but 21 3, you cannot choke away a lead like that. Now, if the uh-huh. game starts going back and forth and you have a couple possessions that kind of kill you in the in the second, in the, like the start of the second half, that's fine, and then it goes back and forth, that's fine. We're good with that because like it was hard fought. Cincinnati wasn't going to go away. That's fine. And it was a 21 to 3 lead. Let's not act like it was 41 to 3 with three minutes to go. Yes, they, in a sense, choked it away. But it's not like they blew the biggest lead of all time. It's not like they blew a 38 to 10 lead in the wild. Uh, anyways, I think the big deal on that is how they came out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about it. Those first three drives, I mean, they were golly. They they looked like the old them. They were coming out big plays, which we hadn't seen really all season. I mean, Tyreek Hill was getting hate from I think it was Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football, mm-hmm. saying that if they're going to win, you know, Hill has to have those fifty yard receptions. Yeah, which is debatable. But I mean, I wouldn't I mean, say that, but sometimes it does help. <laughs> they looked they looked unstoppable. I mean, I remember sitting there watching that night, and I I know I shouldn't have said because I'm sure I probably jinxed it along with 
the fan that was sitting in the stand with the Cowboys. No, my, hat my and buddy jersey. Jersey. I'll tell you in a second. And I, I, I think <laughs> I brought it up to him, but go go on. But I was sitting there and I, I yelled. I was like, "We're going to the Super Bowl!" Like, and why wouldn't you think that when they're coming out of the gate like they did, just firing away on all cylinders? There was it looked like they couldn't be stopped that game. But I don't really think that last drive before the half was a big factor. I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to get seven points there. We might have been able to win the game because of that. Who knows? But the way they came out of that second half, yeah. and I heard it all week long, you cannot come out dead. You cannot, especially against Joe Burrow. Not only Joe Burrow, but you have to take into fact Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Boyd, Joe Mixon. Like, you cannot come out of that gate at halftime just already expecting to be going to the Super Bowl. You can. It's well, and it showed. You could you could go in on detail on this after we after my comment here. I have a feeling on who called that play at the end of the half. And when you see Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes talking about it, they did not look happy at all. Mahomes tried to force it. He's like, it's either in the end zone or throw it away. But he saw Hill out in the flat, and he almost had it. But Eli Apple just got there at the last second. The only play he made all game, by the way. That mm-hmm. overtime was a 50-50, yeah. and he just stuck his hand in there. I could have done that if I was just sitting there with Hill and just stuck my hand in there. Any human being on the world could have done that with oh, yeah. even an ounce of speed. It's not, not to take away from Hill or Mahomes. It was just Von Bell made the play, not Eli Apple. And I'm not discrediting Eli Apple, but if you follow him on Twitter or see anything on Twitter from him, you'll he see took why a I'm shot at him. him. Yeah. Did you see that? And yeah, then he and responded then, and said, "I'm not doing this on Twitter." He even took a shot about. He even took a shot at the Saints, and then uh, Sean Payton took a shot at Eli Apple. Um, in his retirement press conference, was like, "Man, is this a college party? Like, all I'm seeing is shots, shots, shots." Anyways, <laughs> that sounded funnier in my head. <laughs> I sound old now. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not on ESPN yet. I'm glad I don't have any sort of game yet. That was just getting started. Just, I would be. Do, I would be, be one that haunts Twitter you. with that, or maybe some people will laugh. I don't know. Um. Anyways, the season's over, and I'm gonna go off sports for two seconds. I, I love sports, but I also love comics, and I love comic book movies. And one of my favorite scenes in a comic book movie was when. Tom Holland's Peter Parker was talking to, and I'm, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. Was talking to Happy Hogan, and it was when Peter Parker, all hope was lost, and Happy Hogan is like, "What are you gonna do?" And Peter Parker just gets up. He's, like, "I'm gonna do this." And well, I'm asking the Chiefs, "What are you gonna do now?" Like the off season's here, and free agency is right around the corner. What are they gonna do now? I feel like they've got a major change to make, and it's something you brought up to me that I'm gonna let you talk about. So what's going on with a certain coach on the chief staff? No, not Andy Reid. Do am I allowed to mention the name on here? Go ahead, man. It's you. It's your. It's your name. I think. I think you I should. Just, so now, this is what I've heard, and that person heard it from a reliable source from inside ESPN. I will say that much. And now so this is not just me. Now this is a he said he said so this might not be true but it would make it would connect some dots on what we've seen this season but continue. So I mean you take into consideration ups and downs of the big or the not the big the the first half of the season. So yeah. I mean every year since 
this coach EB, yeah, I won't, Eric the enemy, um, has came in and been a big deal with Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense. I mean, you see him every game right there, front of the sideline, next to Reed. Well, from what I heard, this is like you said, he said, he said thing. So, I mean, granted, it could be, but uh. Through that time period, he had the rights to call plays under one circumstance, and that was Reed was calling them, and he was to Eric Bieniemy was to call those plays the way Reed wanted it, and Reed was going to overlook them. Well, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to, and he was calling them with his own little twist, and it started causing a big problem. And I can't remember what week it was said, but we went into halftime. We were down. Um, and everybody was in that locker room, sitting down, locker room was quiet. Well, then on comes Mahomes walking into this locker room, and he's furious. He's fed up, slams his helmet down, and he they get into a little verbal fiasco. And by the end of it, Mahomes says, you know what? And excuse my language, but I'm just quoting. He says, fuck this. I'm going to play the game the way I know how to play it. And you think about it, like I said, you always seen Eric Bieniemy right there at the front of the sidelines with Reed. Well, through that period of time, you didn't really see him on TV. And if you did, it was him sitting in the back of the sideline on the bench with the players. You didn't see him up there with Reed calling those plays or on the front of the sideline or whatever. So there's been some problems this year with EB from my understanding. And that just kind of lines up with everything to piggyback that. I will say the one time I did see him in the later of the season, and maybe uh, this is just me starting to believe this whole thing. Um, not that I don't believe you or whatever source you heard from. Yeah. Um, said, or not said, but it looked like EB was only calling plays at the beginning of the game or in the red zone. Because – as much as I don't know how to, what to think about EB right now with this and the past couple of years of his interview process, I've heard his interview process is not good. Um, and no one can take him seriously when it comes to interviewing. That source might not be totally wrong. And three years ago, when the Chiefs lost to the Patriots, there was a report out that Patrick Mahomes, and you're not going to find this anywhere because I, I don't know if I trust some of these Chiefs insiders. I think they're just kind of <laughs> saying stuff, but... Um, he blew up after that game and saying he was sick of losing games like that. Yep. The offense just going out and just playing their hearts out. The defense just gives up. I understand they're going to have a great offense or a great defense, but don't lose the game blatantly. Yeah, agreed. And I understand it was against Tom Brady. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time or is the greatest of all time, but you're still a grown man. Just go out there and make a play. I don't care who you're facing. I don't, mm-hmm. care, if you're, I don't care if you're facing Superman himself. He has kryptonite. You can stop him. Just make a grown man play just one time. That's all. Just one time, then you never have to face Tom Brady again the rest of that year. And yep. then you run the Super Bowl. Anyways. Um Eric B or sorry. Eric B I think I think has got to go with this if this is true. Honestly, don't foresee him staying after this year. Whether it's him somehow finding a head coaching job or it's Reed and Beach saying, you know what? It's your time. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it's your time. Yeah, and I'm sure he could be – I don't even know stay on that. Now, how about Spags? 
Oh. I actually just saw this from Clay Windler, the Red Tribe Cinema guy, mm-hmm. on YouTube. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He, first off, he's brilliant. If nobody knows what I'm talking about, go watch some of that stuff. Even if you're not a Chiefs fan, some of that stuff is pretty cool with what they have put together over the past 10 years almost. Um, anyways, I think Spags could have a chance to stay a couple, one or two more years because Chiefs were top, top, or top 10 in scoring defense the past three years. Defense wasn't lights out, but it was effective for the most part. 19 and 20, they were good enough to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 2021, they were good enough to possibly get there. Um, and it was obviously better than Bob Sutton's defense. Bob Sutton was just outdated. He wasn't bad. He was just outdated. He was yeah. Um, it's kind of like if you had Will Wade Phillips go out there now. It was a new generation of football at that point. Yeah. Um, and Spags does pretty well in mixing up his coverages. It's his pass rush that's bad, but I think that's a personnel issue. And it starts with Sorensen, Newman, and Hitchens. Where those three weren't out there, it was almost perfect. Like, I even like our corners. Now, Traverius Ward might not be there, but I think he's okay. Uh, He's one of the more consistent CBs that we got. And I like Snead and Fitton when it comes to cornerbacks. I like Juan Thornhill and Matthew, obviously. We'll see what happens with Matthew. I think there's a chance he stays, but. I pray to God they cannot let that man walk if they want to keep this defense together. They cannot let that man walk. Only reason I'd be happy if you promised me another one or you promised me a draft, um, a draft pick or so. Anyways, um, if you had to ask me when it comes to the NFL offseason, who would I bet on staying with their team, Matthew or Rodgers? I would bet on Rodgers, mm. and that's saying something, but we'll see. Mm. Um, that's another conversation for another day. We're talking about the Chiefs here. I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about other stuff more done. Um, but there's a lot that has to happen, but I'm going to say this. Anybody who says that was the worst playoff loss of the Chiefs of all time, I might yes. actually invent a time machine just for this scenario and have you go back <laughs> and watch all the other playoff Can losses. we talk about the Colts game? Andrew, Andrew Luck? Luck? Yeah, uh, yeah, Lynn Elliott, um, Andrew Luck. Um, no no punt game against the, hey, uh, who was it? The Colts and Peyton Manning? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can think of a lot of playoff games. On oh, the yeah. Castle led game against the Ravens, where they weren't even in the game except for the <laughs> Jamal Charles touchdown. I, I can go on and on. I gotta laugh at that one because you mentioned Matt Castle and golly. And oh man. And I even heard some complaints about Mahomes, whoever did. Again, I'm gonna throw you in the I'm gonna throw you in a time machine. And that's fine. Can criticize him when you want to criticize him. Jim Rome brought up a great point today. He's a great player. He's a generational talent. He might be the new goat after, or maybe the next goat of the generation. Can I? Can I stop you there? Yeah. Just uh, this whole. No, I'm gonna get a little kind of off topic, and you can call it, I guess. But this whole goat status thing, I think it's bullshit. I don't like that there's a goat status in the football, like in National Football League, and I say that because everybody, and this is no hate on Brady. He's, in my opinion, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, football player to – or not football player, but quarterback to play in the league. Now, I don't think there should be a label, the GOAT label in the NFL, and I say that because you can throw for 400 touchdowns and five touchdowns – or 400 yards and five touchdowns every game, but that does you no good if you don't have a defense to back you. The only reason, I can't say the only reason, but part of Brady's success is because you look at it, 
how, did he ever have a defense that was not top ten ever? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, there were some years that the defense was pretty bad, but uh, not not great. But I mean, but anyways, no... back to my point though is he's not he's he's only out there hiking the ball and throwing the ball. Yeah. You you're not the one out there running those routes, breaking away from the DBs, catching the ball. You have to have somebody throw it to you. You're not out there on the other side of the ball on the defensive line trying to pressure the quarterback, trying to keep the running back from not crossing the line of scrimmage, or you're not one of the DBs who's trying to prevent that wide receiver from making his route and making the catch. So you can't you can't put the GOAT label on football because yeah. you don't play both sides of the ball like you do in baseball or you do with basketball or whatever you're you're strictly that one one position and yeah. you can't do it all yeah um and i will say you kind of undersold brady when saying oh you're just hiking the ball and snapping well he did a lot more than that but well, yeah but you had, you had a point when it comes to the quarterback position anyways um back to the chiefs anybody who says they got a it's the worst playoff loss ever it's not there's a lot of bright days ahead. I don't feel as good about the AFC championship loss this year than I did three years ago, but I still feel pretty good. I don't think they're their biggest enemy right them right now is themselves, and they prove that in almost every single one of their losses this year. Oh, everyone, without a doubt. A- a- except for the Titans game. The Titans just outmanned uh, us. That, yeah, that was ugly. And even the Buffalo game in week five, um, the Chiefs gave it to them pretty at the end there. And yep. I know Buffalo was leading at half. It was, it wasn't great, but it was still fairly like okay, just can pull something off here. And but they just beat themselves, and it's not you're not going to do that. And no discredit to Cincy or the teams who did beat us this year. They're good teams. Since he's a great team, obviously, but you can't beat yourself, and that's not how you're not going to go that far Mm-mm. if you do. I'm very surprised they went to the AFC Championship with how much crap they were dealing with and i will point this out i don't know what news station it was i think it was KNBC that said we weren't supposed to be here and everyone gave them crap how many of these analysts i don't care what the sports books were saying um how many of these analysts or these casuals were saying oh the chiefs are done they're three and four defense is the worst ever the super bowl hangover michael Irvin saying the chiefs are done like According to them, they weren't supposed to be there. I thought I thought they were going to go three and uh, fourteen with what everybody was saying. I mean, they were the worst team ever, according to everybody else. Yeah, you were. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be petty to everybody listening. Not trying to be petty. It's just funny. (laughs) But that's Chiefs season. I've got more stuff to talk about. Tom Brady's retirement. Um, Big Twelve went down big time Saturday against the SEC in cross conference play. Gage, you remember me watching wrestling, right? I got a Royal Rumble review, which that was even lackluster. Even a scripted sport was lackluster for me. And then the Rams and 49ers, and then I'll go from there. Gage, thanks for coming on. Good luck to you. Thanks for having me. Good luck to you with Chiefs Focus. I'm working on some stuff too with Fan Sighted here pretty soon. I've got to write up something for them to be reconsidered. Um, Was a little, uh, I'll give you a heads up. I'm going to talk about why Tony Gonzalez is the greatest tight end of all time. It's not close. If you want an idea, go look at his stats. He's top three in one statistical category, top 10 in every other category. 
no one is close to him when it comes to Kelsey, Gronk, or Gates. And with the quarterback Gonzalez had, it's not close. Gates, I, could, I could agree with that. Gates had Rivers. Kelsey's had Smith and Mahomes. And Gronk obviously had the best quarterback to ever live. Anyways, that's all we have for this segment. This was a long one. It went a little longer than I thought. Gage, I apologize if you had any prior commitments. Nope. Um, the, the stuff you told me about Eric being me was like, all right, I got to bring him on. He's building <laughs> some stuff up. I'm building some stuff up. Let's get a confidence boost with this offseason coming up. Um, I'll be back. Stay tuned. Thank you, Gage. Yep, thank you. Hope everyone enjoyed my conversation with Gage over the Chiefs season. I'm sorry that went on a little bit longer than I expected it would, but I feel like it was a good conversation about the Chiefs, our beloved Chiefs. The season's over. I'm not done with the Chiefs just yet because there's something I want to do there. I have an Inskeeps turnover segment, but you just heard about the Chiefs for 50 minutes, um, almost an hour. So I'll take a break on that. Is Tom Brady retiring? So about Saturday afternoon-ish, right I'd say about 2 o'clock Central Time. I was getting ready for the Kansas State game versus Ole Miss. I'll get into how I feel about college basketball this weekend in a second. But there was a report out that Jeff Darlington, Adam Schefter, and all them, that sources close to Brady is that he's retiring. Something seemed off. Like, it's really Saturday afternoon before the conference championships. And what? He's retiring? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, he talked about it. He said his wife said he was tired of getting him getting hit and all that. So what? what's what's going on? And then a couple hours later, report comes out. Tom Brady has not told Tampa Bay, Jason Litt, the GM, and Bruce Arians, that he has not made his decision yet on retirement. And Tom Brady Sr. Um, came out and said that as well. If you want my opinion... And maybe you guys are thinking this as well. I've talked about Man in the the Arena. Man in the Arena on ESPN Plus. Nine episodes. There's supposed to be a tenth episode. There is a delay. I thought I brought that up. It was supposed to come out in the spring. Maybe I brought this up before. I bet he's retiring on that. Tom Brady is so methodical and so perfect with the way he lays things out. Whether it comes to game preparation, um, brand rollout with TB12. He's perfect on social media. A little corny. Actually, very corny, but the way he presents himself and the way he values himself, there's no way just a random Saturday afternoon he would do that. Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter, I'm not going to discredit them and their credibility as analysts and reporters for the NFL and for Tom Brady's camp and all that. I, It's a massive blow to Adam Schefter right now.
I want to see Tom Brady retire, but he also said he wanted to play until he was 45. Looking at ESPN, Brady says he's still going through the process on retirement decision. I have Baylor and West Virginia on the TV, and it's, you know, how ESPN says the lead. It says Tom Brady's still making a decision. Also, MLB and the MLB, MLBPA, the Players Association, plan to meet again tomorrow. So, hey, you know, one of the things I look forward to most after football season ends, especially if the Chiefs season ends, is watching my Kansas City Royals. And if everything goes fine with this lockout, they're playing in less than 60 days, and I'm excited. And it makes me feel better after that heartbreaking loss last night. Doesn't look like that season's going to be starting anytime soon. Anyways. The Big 12 goes down. What I mean by that is the three games I watched. There's more, there were more games. I'm not going to talk about those. And I'm not even going to talk about major detail on these. Baylor couldn't get go, good, could not get anything going against Alabama. Could not. It was ridiculous. Almost brought up, almost, almost, almost had something, had something going. But in the end, they almost lose by double digits, 78 to 87. Alabama was just all over them. And no, this is not football. This was the number four team in the country once 18 and 3, now 18 and 4. They are beating West Virginia right now. But you know how I feel about the Big 12 and Baylor and KU. And KU absolutely dog walked by Kentucky. KU looked like they did last year dealing with all the COVID issues. Couldn't hit a three, couldn't play defense, couldn't rebound. It was horrible. It 80 to 62. KU was outscored 51 to 31 in the first half. They made it a, they tried to do what they could in the second half, but Kentucky really didn't need to do much. And KU they got the doors blown off of them. You know, it was bad. I still think KU and Baylor are the best teams in the Big 12 and some of the best teams in the country, but you can't come up like that with against an inferior conference. And at the time, Kentucky was the inferior team versus KU compared to KU. I remember seeing a comment on social media a few years ago. And it was like, ah, the annual time of year when the Chiefs blow it in the playoffs and KU blows it in the national championship. It's the life of Kansas and Missouri. (laughs) I'm not even a KU fan and that hurts me. And on to Kansas State. I'm rooting for Kansas State to lose the rest of the games. I hate calling for somebody to be fired in any profession, whether you're an accountant or you're a college basketball coach. I'm calling for Bruce Weber to be fired. Offense is horrible. They're not executing. I said, I had a thought, actually, I should say, Kansas State, you're playing overly aggressive. There's nothing wrong with a little small ball. Just ask the National League and Major League Baseball. How about you just ask the guy that just retired, okay, uh, in the NFL? The National League, you see a lot of parity on offense when it comes to bunting and just those little bloopers up the middle. That's what the National League was known for because of because the pitchers hit. The pitchers bat. Tom Brady, 
He's the king of just matriculating the fall the ball down the field. Um, baseball, on the other hand, comes back five days after Super Bowl. And when I mean baseball, I mean college baseball. Kansas State, Arizona, February 18th. Friday night. Something to look forward to for me, personally. Um, I mentioned with Gage that even a scripted sport let me down this weekend. The Big 12 let me down. WWE let me down. And my Kansas City Chiefs let me down. The thing that I wanted to happen, at least one thing did happen that I wanted to see. The Rams going to the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford does deserve that. I'll get into it in a second. Royal Rumble, Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Great match. Again, I talk to you guys about this stuff because I love it. I love the sport aspect part of it. Yes, it's drama. It's bad acting. It's fake, whatever you want to call it, but there's some sports aspects to it, and that's what I love about it. And Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins was a great match. And I don't even like the the storytelling aspects of it, but that storytelling was pretty good in this feud. And the feud's not done. Might be on pause, but it's not done. So that was, that was if it's pretty well put together, I'll point out how great the storyline is. Um, and by the way, Baylor's 18 and 3, not 18 and 4. That was my fault. <laughs> Sorry, I say that as I'm talking about this and then watching the game as I'm talking. I'm multitasking. Anyways, so that match was good. Next match was the Women's Royal Rumble match. And I'm going to be honest, there was no life in the crowd at all throughout this pay-per-view. The Royal Rumble matches, which are my favorite matches in wrestling, were just... There was not. There was no surprises. There's always a legend and a surprise entrance. And there's this thing in WWE called the Forbidden Door. What that means is don't open that door to other companies for other wrestlers to come in here on basically a contract. Or uh, not a contract, a... Hey, here's here's a single check for a single appearance. Kind of like a contractor or a um I can't think of it. Anyways. A contractor. Anyways, there was one forbidden door, Mickey James. She used to wrestle in professional wrestling. She's in a or in professional wrestling in WWE. She's in a company now called Impact Wrestling, and they had her come in. She even came out with her Impact Wrestling belt, which was awesome. It was it was super cool. The highlight of the night was Ronda Rousey coming back. She left to start a family with her husband, Travis Brown. She had a kid about four or five months ago. Proud for her and Travis Brown. How um, It is great to see her back in professional wrestling. I think she's a little awkward on the microphone. I don't care about that stuff, but she is. She's great in the ring. I think she's awesome in the ring. I love her Rowdy Roddy Piper style. She's awesome. Obviously, she's an athlete. She was being in the UFC. She was great. She was great. Kind of fell off there, but it happens. And then Brock Brock Lesnar comes out and wins the Men's Royal Rumble. I think UFC was invading the WWE. I was waiting for Dana White to come out with Conor McGregor and Khabib and some other more modern ones. Um... I shouldn't... Connor and Khabib are modern, but Khabib's retired. Connor's... 
past his prime, obviously. Anyways, Royal Rumble was kind of lackluster. I liked it because of what it was, but it was just lackluster. Okay, you know how I feel about the Chiefs, Bengals, and the Chiefs season, but I'm going to talk about Rams 49ers. I looked over at my mom. I was like, you know, my anxiety's gone. I don't care about football the rest of the season. I mean, obviously I care. I love football. I love sports. Can't wait to watch the Super Bowl. I'm not going to get into a pick until next week. Um, Next Friday. Not this Friday, but next Friday. And life was kind of sucked out of me, but I wanted LA to win. Matt Stafford, Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham. I was rooting for them so hard. I had no issue with San Francisco. I'll tell you what, I'm not a big fan of Kyle Shanahan. He's a great coach, but you got to hold a lead. And your teams have not been able to hold a lead. Oh, big talk from a Chiefs fan, 21-3. <laughs> no, shut up. Kyle Shanahan teams are not great in the clutch. I didn't want to see it again. I was like, here we go. And he did. It was 17-7 in the fourth quarter at one point. Rams win 20-7. 17. 20-17. And Jimmy Garoppolo, and I heard on the Jim Rome show today that Patrick Mahomes was the worst of the four. Hold up. Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, maybe he was more consistent. Maybe he was more mediocre. Yeah, he didn't have a meltdown, but that last play... Okay, I guess you could say it was similar to Mahomes on the third and goal at the goal line, and he drops back 20 yards, and he fumbles the ball. Joe Tooney has a jump on it, but Jimmy Garoppolo just throwing it out there like... And Mahomes has done that, and he's gotten away with it. Brett Favre did that. He's gotten away with it. I see it. I've seen Alex Smith do that before. Never saw Tom Brady or Peyton Manning do it. So, Jimmy Garoppolo doing that was ugly. And Aaron Donald made a great play. He wants to go back to the Super Bowl. He wants a ring. Got a great chance of doing it, but the story of Matt Stafford getting to the Super Bowl is incredible. Well-deserved. Joe Burrow. You know what, Joe Burrow? You're awesome, man. Go get yourself a ring. And you know, if Joe Burrow and the Bengals win, I'm not going to feel too bad about the Chiefs instead of saying, Chiefs choked it away. No, they didn't choke it away. The Super Bowl champs came back and stopped them. That's what happened. Okay? No, nah, it's still a choke either way. Um, Patrick Mahomes struggled. He he lost himself. No, the Super, Bowl, the Super Bowl winning defense shut him down. Eh, no, still. it's It makes me feel a little bit better. It would make me feel a little bit better, okay? Anyways, Joe Burrow... I'm sure he's so tired of hearing about Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and the AFC. And Joe Burrow's like, no, I'm here. It, it's my time. Mahomes has had his time. Josh Allen, you've choked. Herbert, you haven't even been in the playoffs. Lamar, you've won one playoff game. It's my time now. That's what he's thinking. It's his time. They're tired of the under, under, underdog narrative, and they're there. I wouldn't get tired of the underdog narrative. I love the underdog narrative. I love it. Anyways. Ends keeps turnovers. Chiefs fans, you've shown some true colors in the past 24 hours. Idiots. And I'm talking about all Chiefs fans. I'm talking about the casual fans. Brittany and... Brittany, Patrick's girlfriend, her fiance, Jackson Mahomes hurts my fe- They hurt my feelings because they don't act like how I want them to act. 
First off, that narrative's got to stop. That wasn't Chiefs. Some Chiefs fans have griped about them. But first off, Jackson Mahomes, you want to give him, you want to put him through the ringer with the Sean Taylor thing? How about you put Washington through the ringer? Oh, but no one is. No one cares about Washington. Oh, it's Washington. What do you expect? Okay, well, it was horrible on what they, what, how Sean Taylor was honored with Jackson Mahomes and Washington. It was horrible. And I think Patrick Mahomes and Brittany and Jackson all sit down and have a talk this season. Maybe. If you go listen to the Pat McAfee show, they'd agree with me. I don't have a problem with those two, but I understand the complaints. I'll say that. I don't have a problem with them. They're not bad people. If you think they're bad people, you need to take a long look in the mirror on what you think is a bad person because they are far from that. The limelight's getting to them. Okay, and they may not be the smartest people, they may not be the nicest people, but they're not bad people. Okay? So, get over yourselves. Now, if I see one more Patrick Mahomes sucks from a Chiefs fan, yes, I've heard that. I want to know if a Colts fan ever said that about Peyton Manning. I want to know if a Patriots fan ever said that about Tom Brady. Yeah, there's bad games. It happens. It happens. It happens. I absolutely hate what the Patriots did for 20 years. I hate what Jordan did because that has ruined sports as a whole, at least when it comes to the casuals or the haters. I said it already. I'm going into more detail. No team can ever enjoy success because they... And nothing is wrong with comparisons to sports. People need something to talk about. But Well, you won six Super Bowls over 15 years? Well... If you don't win one of the next five, you guys are not good because the Patriots, they won seven in 20 years. Yeah, seven and actually 18 years, technically 19 years. It's a bullcrap. Oh, you've won this many rings in basketball. Well, Jordan is undefeated. He never lost in the finals. And by the way, I actually think Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. I've talked about it on here. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. There's no denying that. Yes, Michael Jordan and Tom Brady can be taken over. But what they did in their careers will never be topped. It could be, yes. But I just contradicted myself there. Anyways. To any actual Chiefs fans who think Mahomes is bad, I'm going to, I said it all. Just go go watch Matt Castle, Brody Croyle, Damien Heward. I'm not going to bring up Tyler Thigpen. He was good for what we what we had going on. Trent Green, Alex Smith, Joe Montana, Lynn Dawson. Thank you, guys. Because I won't ever put your names along with those others. I'm sure Elvis Gerbach, Rich Gannon, Todd Blackledge, for crying out loud. I mean... If you think Mahomes stinks, it's and it happens. Tom Brady chucked away a twenty-one to three lead. He turned out fine. You want to tell me four straight AFC championships and Kansas City and a Super Bowl Super Bowl win isn't impressive? You know why it's not impressive? Because they're compared to the Patriots and the Jordan's Bulls in the nineties. That's why it's not impressive. You want know why it's not impressive? Because some smart ass analyst, some smart ass Chiefs fans. And as some smart-ass Chiefs players love him to death, but Patrick Mahomes 
Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Chris Jones, you guys had some comments that are making these this four-year stretch look bad. Now, I have all the confidence in the world for the Chiefs to at least get back to the AFC Championship. I have all the confidence in the world for them to win their division. No offense to the Chargers and the Raiders and the Broncos. They've got solid teams. But I still got all the confidence in the world. If I was a betting man, I'd put money on both those things. Not right now, because that's ridiculously early, and no one's ever going to do that in their right mind. And I'm in my right mind right now. So, yeah. To that dynasty talk, those Chiefs players, those smart-ass fans, those analysts, I don't condone violence. But I'll tell you what. Let's go have a fake wrestling match, okay? A WWE match. How about a ladder match? You know what's in that briefcase? The dynasty talk is over. Okay, the briefcase hanging above the ring. I grab it. Dynasty talk never happened. We don't ever talk about it again. Okay, somebody else grabs it. Well, I got to hear about, oh, you're never a dynasty ever again. Is that fair? I don't mind slapping Mahomes, Hill, and Chris Jones around at all in a fake wrestling match for a little bit just for all the crap I got to (laughs) hear. They're not a dynasty. They never were. They still could be. The Bengals could be if they win and go out and win one in the next, win two in the next five years. They could be. And hey, you never know. Chiefs still could be, technically, by a cent, by a definition, if they go and win Super Bowl 58. Okay, they don't win next year, but they do all right. And they win Super Bowl 58. And they don't win another one. They win Super Bowl 61, maybe. I don't know. That's three championships in seven years. That's not exactly a dynasty, but I mean, still pretty good. Still pretty close. It, it could happen. I'm not, I'm not saying it will. It's just by definition. But the whole dynasty thing should, never should have been brought up. But everyone's like, oh, the Patriots dynasty's over. Who's the next dynasty? Why are we rooting for dynasties? I want parody. Yeah, I would love to see the Chiefs in their conversation every year. I would love to see them in the AFC Championship most years, in the Super Bowl more often than not. But as a sports fan, this year's Super Bowl is going to be great. Yes, I'll admit, my joy is sucked out of me a little bit. But it's not the end of the world. I'm going to end off on that. Gage, thank you again for coming on. Inskeep Sports and Entertainment, episode 59. I'm out of here.